All right, we are back for another episode of the Fried Egg Podcast, and we are excited today to have Stuart Hagestad as our guest. Stuart won this year's U.S. Mid-Am, and uh, that earned him an invitation into next year's Masters, and he's also likely a candidate for the 2017 Walker Cup team. Uh, Stuart, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to get this thing going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'd love to, uh, if you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, give everybody a little background on how you got into golf, and um, and we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Um, so I was lucky enough to, to grow up in Orange County, California, and I, I grew up on a golf course called Big Canyon. Um, my dad's a, a great guy. He loves to play. Um, as I kind of laughed him about, he's, he's like a 14, he thinks he's a 5, and plays like a 20. My mom's the, the closet athletic one in the family. She, uh, you know, she'll never admit it, but every time I see her throw a football or hit a golf ball, it's right up the middle or with a perfect spiral. So I think between the two of them, you know, I, between those two things and growing up on a golf course, I kind of just, uh, I just really gravitated towards the game. There was this, this kid who was pretty good when he was young. Um, he would always play by himself, and I'm sure he was playing worse ball or playing two balls or something, but I don't remember this, but I guess in 97 when I was watching the Masters on TV, I told my parents that that was Tiger, and uh, that's, the, that's the story that, that they like to kind of, you know, refer back to. You know, they knew pretty early that I was, you know, pretty interested in the game. So um, my dad went to SC, um, and, and I've been going to football games since I was young. My middle school and early high school years were the Reggie Bush and Leinart and Pete Carroll days, so... I don't think I had, you know, much of a choice of where I was going to end up going. So I went to SC. I was a business major. Loved playing golf, but, but realized pretty quickly that uh, there was a lot of talent out there. So I had the opportunity to work a couple spots when I was in college over the summer. And um, I knew once I graduated, I wanted to stay competitive, but wasn't quite sure how I would do that now. Aggressively, I would pursue, you know, amateur golf and I think just after college, um, it, it really made me realize just how much I love the game, and um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to uh, still be in love with it now. So it's, um, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great couple of years, but excited for the next chapter kind of going forward for sure. Yeah, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head. It's uh, a lot of AMs that don't have the game to turn pro. It's, uh, you know, me being one of them, it, just being able to get the competitive juices flowing um, while you're working, while you have a job, it, it just is it's great to, you know, get out and enjoy competition. And, uh, you know, you've got, uh, you've had quite the uh, career. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, playing at USC and what that was like. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had a great team when I was there. Coach Zamory and I have a great relationship. Um, when I came in, I don't know what we were ranked, but it was it was kind of up there with the teams of the time. It was like the Oklahoma States and the, the Georgia had a really good team. I think they had like Harris English and Russell Henley. I think Hudson was there. Um, Oklahoma State's team was littered with good players. It was like the Leon brothers and Trent Whitekiller and Shine Einhouse and Peter Uline and I think Ricky was there my freshman year. Morgan Hoffman was there. It was just it was crazy. So the expectation was, was high. I mean, the kids on the SC team, I think the year before I got there, they had five All-Americans or something close to it. They had Matt Giles, Tom Glissmeyer, 
Jimmy Lovemark, um, Tim Sluter, I think Rory He left the year before. Um, and one of your guys, I think Ryan Linton was on the team, um, I think the year before. But yeah, it, the standard was high, so it was it was great, and um, it was just it was a great opportunity to kind of figure out just how good I really was compared to the the best guys out there. And I love Coach Zambri, and funny how you, as you get older, you begin to kind of appreciate you know what he told you a lot more and he was kind of like Stu like you're good but you need to get a lot better and you need to do it in a hurry it's uh it's interesting it, it I hear from uh our earlier podcast uh Justin Silverstein was on uh USC's assistant coach he says that uh you are uh one of the best iron players statistically they've ever had there that's probably because of how short I hit it. I, I can't afford to miss, you know, miss my numbers very often. But I think he's giving me a lot more credit than I deserve with that one. I've seen some of the boys, and um, I love Coach and I love Justin. But uh, I guess I'll just take that compliment and kind of run with it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, you mentioned I'll, Tom. I'll, hey, I'll, 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 I'll take what I can get. You mentioned Tom Glissmeyer. That's a name I haven't heard in a, forever. Do you know what he's up to nowadays? I think he. Uh, I think he is either working to get his amateur status back. I know he's he's kind of moved on from professional golf. I haven't really talked to him. Um, I can find out. I know a few of the boys he's close with. Last I remember, I thought he was either I want to say like in Texas or maybe back home in Colorado. But Tom was really really bright, and um, he was kind of one of the guys. I remember when I was being recruited that you know he always. I said, hey, you know, there's life beyond golf. I'm not going to do the communication major thing. I'm going to be an econ major. I'm going to set myself up for the future. And um, I've always had a ton of respect for Tom. He's 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 a stud. Um, and he was even he was even more stubbly in, in college. He was he was definitely one of the guys that I kind of looked up to, both from my golf and from a from a character standpoint. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those guys that you wonder how how it didn't get how it didn't work out. But that's golf, you know. Happens all the time. Absolutely. It's um. So you know when you won the U.S. Mid Am, you know there there's the infamous video of Justin Thomas celebrating, going nuts. Um, you know, heard Jordan Spieth and you guys are are great great buddies. Uh, what would you say? You know, the difference in your game and their game is and you know um how you know how evident is it yeah i mean i would say a few things you know i've I've been lucky enough to know both those kids since we played junior golf together and um first i'll touch on jordan because that's that's a more obvious one to me jordan's been the the best putter i've ever seen since he was 15 um, I, I like to, here's a quick fun story for you. So, I don't know why they had a playoff for fourth place in this Texas Junior Golf Tour event that we played in a long time ago, but um, basically they, they wanted to give away the trophy, so they threw this 14-year-old kid out with me, and if you Google it, I'm sure the picture's still up. I was wearing black shoes and a white belt, just a rookie mistake all around. I had this big surfer afro thing that I thought was cool back in the day. But we end up going out to this hole. I make it great up and down. He, you know, doesn't get up and down. I end up beating him. And I like to continually remind him just how, you know, indicative that was of both of our careers. You know, now I'm sitting here working, and he's on tour, you know, 
doing whatever he wants. But no, um, Jordan Jordan is the best putter I've, I've ever seen. And when you make twenty five footers on a somewhat regular basis, it it makes your mid and long irons seem, I think, a lot better than than they are. I mean, it's not like he's, he's bad by any stretch, but you know, when you hit it to the middle of the green, it makes it pretty stress free when you're as good of a putter as he is. And the other thing too is he has this innate ability from what I've seen both when we played together and on TV but his short game only gets better under pressure um, a lot of the better players have it where you know when the chips are down and when you know it's coming down to the 14th 15th 16th 17th 18th hole you saw it a few years ago at the Masters I mean that up and down on 18 in the third round is impossibly hard mm-hmm. and as a better player you understand just how good that is but he's he's, he's in a He's just so, so efficient around the greens. And then as far as JT goes, he just has so much speed. and it's He's just very, very efficient. And um, he, I've always kind of said for a while he's just as good as Jordan, just maybe a couple of years behind in terms of kind of growth on the golf course. But he'll be right there. And I it would shock me if he wasn't soon inside the top five, eight, ten in the world. Um, and then the last thing is just between the two of them and a lot of the guys out there is, just believe in themselves um you know they're like the idea of of not being a top player in the world just isn't a thing you know we go out and you know you're you're a good player and you get you know three four five under par after the winter months and you know it's kind of like oh you know is, this, is it okay to be this low i mean those guys shoot they get it to six, seven, eight, nine, and pj tour events and they get their pedal to the floor so yeah i think it's kind of a combo of those things for sure I like get scared once I hit like four under par. It's like, whoa! Don't want, don't want to screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good till about six or seven, and it's gonna like, oh, pretty low still. <laughs> Keep it going. It, it is, it is quite ironic how, like, you get there, and then for some reason your brain like, oh, just don't mess this up, and rather than being like, oh, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, it's yeah. No, it, it's it's the more times you do it, you know. I've gotten better over the years, but you can always get better. But it's wild to me just how good those boys are on tour when they're just you know casually eight or nine under par on like fourteen or fifteen, and you know every every golf blog out there, including myself, is just like, oh boy, boys are taking it low. See how low they can go. Yeah. Um, so you know, the, were you, are you a little you know? upset you didn't get an invite to uh, spring break uh, 2016 and uh, do you think you could have uh, added some some valuable uh, you know um, you know a value add to the experience if you could get a call for 2017 <laughs> hey I, I think I could add value but um, you know it's funny I've thought about this before and you know I have buddies that have kind of, kind of asked me about it and I love having my life be, be, be very private and um, I, I try and for the most part kind of stay off social media so at first I was kind of like yeah it looks fun and you know it sounds amazing and then the more I kind of think about it after you sleep on it it's kind of like you know probably not the worst idea that, that you didn't get the invite still besides no one needs to see you with your shirt off anyways <laughs> um. so hey I, look I you know I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to them, but uh, yeah, that's, 
I, I can definitely say that if I get an invite for 2017, it'll be the second, you know, biggest invite I'm, I'm receiving in the spring. Yeah, perfect segue. Um, so, you know, I, one would say that the next nine months of your life, outside of like, you know, having a kid, or it could possibly be the best nine months of your life, um, assuming you uh, get onto that Walker Cup team. So what what's it like knowing um, with the Masters and potentially the Walker Cup coming up, like that this is the best nine months of of your life heading, you know, first Masters, first Walker Cup? Sure. Well, real quick, I mean, in regards to the Walker Cup, I mean, look, I've, and Scott and I have discussed this before, you know, we, we, we put ourselves in a position where we're on the radar, but, you know, there's a lot of work to be done and you definitely have to earn your way, you know, to, to even be considered. I mean, it's, an honor to have been at the practice session, but there's there's a lot of things that, that need to be done there. I mean, from a lot of different standpoints. But yeah, the next nine months are, are going to be pretty cool. Um, you know, as I've joked to you before, um, and like you just alluded to, you know, outside of having a kid or getting married, it's it's a good spot to be in. But at the same time, um, there's also a lot of expectation that I've put on myself, and you know, there's a lot of people that are making the trip down, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm putting, you know, other pressure on me, but I think I've gotten past that stage and now I'm just really trying to use it as motivation. How efficient can I be with the time that I have before that? You know, I've, I've got a few events that I'm playing kind of leading up to to the Masters um, to prepare. And I, I really just, I want to go with what the old adage says. I want to take it one day at a time. I want to focus on the little things, um, be very detail-oriented, be goal-oriented, and um, one great thing about this thing that happened last week up at LA is you got an opportunity to, to really kind of, you know, see how good some of the best guys in, in, in college golf are. And, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be really neat to kind of see how to test your game and to really see how you are against the best in the world. It's a learning experience. Um, will I be upset if I don't play great down there? Yeah, sure. But, you know, it's... Um, it's something I've dreamed about ever since I was a kid, and as I just said, you know, it'll be it'll be a great opportunity to test my game against the world's best. And I think if I prepare the right way and I have the right attitude going into it, I think I can, you know, I have the game and, and the mentality to hopefully surprise a couple of the boys that do it for a living. But either way, I mean, just the the week and really even after that, as I kind of play some of the bigger amateur events throughout the summer. It'll just be a, a really cool, special time to focus on something I really love to do. And, um, you know, after that's over, I'm sure I'll, I'll get to reflect with, with friends and family over over how that time was from a learning experience and also from a golf standpoint. So it'll be, it's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm very, very blessed and very lucky and really just kind of humbled to be in the position um, that I have. And I'm going to try and make the most of it. Yeah, I think just soak it all in is, uh, is probably the best you know, thing, just, you know, enjoy it. Cause you never know. Like, you know, I, I think about the speech that they gave at the mid am. It's like, you know, you never know when you're going to be back and you know, that it's, uh, just got to enjoy every, uh, every aspect of it. Cool. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of guys have kind of echoed the same thing. You know, I talked to Max Holm about his experience at the, uh, the U S open or a couple of weeks ago, I was with Tim Hogarth. He was talking about his time after he won the pub links and had the chance to go down there. And both of them kind of said the same thing. They were both, you know, kind of said, hey, 
you know, obviously go and play great, have the mentality that you want to go down there and you play to win. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter the scale of the event, whether it's a club event or literally a major. Um, but at the same time, also appreciate the opportunity while you're there to, to kind of look around and to look at, you know, how gorgeous the flowers are on the side of their team or to see friends and family that made the trip to be there and to support you. It's, it's a really neat deal. And, um, you know, as I said, I, I absolutely want to make the most of it, but as, as an old college coach, who's now at Baylor, coach McGraw said, the golf ball has no idea who you are. So, you know, just, just go down there and, and, and do the best you can and, all you can do is focus on what you can control that's, that's good advice um so we'll get more into the masters and you know kind of what you're doing i you know i want to first touch on your win at the uh u.s mid-am so sure. for, for those that didn't see it on tv one of the most you know thrilling finishes of any golf tournament of the year uh you were four down with five to go right or uh yeah four down with five to go, um, and made, you know, four birdies in the last five holes to, uh, pull even with Scott Harvey, uh, w- one of the best mid-end players in the world. Um, and, oh yeah. I mean, he's been the medalist at the mid-end four times and I think like the last six years or something like that. Something like that. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty safe to, Gonna schedule them in there to, yeah. uh, to make match play just about every year. Yeah, and and be a high seed. Um, so yeah, yeah, he'd, uh, yeah, he'd be the chalk pick for sure. Walk us through kind of the week. Like, did you have a feeling going in? Like, did your game feel really good? Um, you know, was it something that you know you you felt like you had a really great chance to win when you uh, got there? Yeah, um, I mean. Forgive me, I have a tendency to kind of ramble. And, um, but, yeah, I uh, earlier this summer I, I played really great at at, at, um, at the Metropolitan Amateur. I, I played great in stroke play. Um, and then after that I I ended up winning the thing. So it, it cuts from a field of call it 80 to 16, and then it's kind of match play from then on in. So I had some match play experience. And, you know, there was a few times in a few of those matches where – I was medalist in stroke play, and you know everyone kind of had I, I had a target on my back, so I, I felt like I really kind of had to bring it, you know, for every match. So um, I was down, you know, at times kind of going into the back nine, and I was able to, to grind it back. And um, I actually went to 38 holes in that one in the final, so I was comfortable in match play. But with that being said, going into the week two months later at the mid am. I wasn't hitting it as great as I would have liked um, in the practice round. I, I literally, I played uh, 18 holes in a practice round on the big course where we had, you know, that second 18. And then I actually only played nine. I played the back nine on the other course and went into the other nine blind because I was so annoyed with how I was hitting it. Mm-hmm. So I went to the range and I worked some stuff out. And um, my caddy was totally fine with it. He wasn't feeling his best. So he was like, shoot, I've been here before. You can, I can coach you around. We've done this before. So I was like, okay, great. But I went to the range. I worked some stuff out. And Sammy Schmitz, I was sitting balls next to Sammy earlier in the week, and he won the mid-hand last year. And one of the things he kind of said to me um, was as the week goes on in match play, you don't really get tired because your, um, your adrenaline just keeps getting you through. 
And that was one of the things that kind of stuck with me the whole week. So I knew that if I could start hitting it a little bit better and kind of get into a rhythm and get into a, you know, a feel where I was kind of comfortable with my game, you know, maybe we could, uh, we could, we could make, we could reach some havoc in match play. And then the other side of it too is because I am 25 and technically a mid-am, I turned 25 earlier this year. Um, I spent a lot of time in the off season last winter in New York, kind of trying to put on some weight and working out a good bit. So I felt like in, in terms of physical fitness, I was in pretty good shape. And um, kind of like I said, you know, I really, you know, enjoyed playing the second lap of those 36 whole days out there. Those for me were fun. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm going to look forward to do in the next few months. But I, I really think, you know, that extra work in the gym was, was huge as it kind of came down throughout that week. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it's a big advantage being younger in the, you know, especially when, you know, some of those guys, you know, some of the guys are, you know, 40, 42 playing, and it, it was so hot that week. I mean. It was so hot that week. <laughs> I had the last tee time the first round of the tournament, and I remember it was just, it was one of the hottest, you know, tee off times oh, I've ever had. It, it was nuts. Yeah. But, um, it was, it was yeah, it, it had to be tough playing that north course blind with those greens. What did you think overall well, I, about the golf course? I played the, uh, I played the back nut, so I didn't see the front. So one, one was tricky. I think I bogeyed one. And I also played it in the, the second day in the stroke play when it was really windy, windy. that afternoon. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, look, I, I played, I played better that day. I, I joked with my caddy, as I mentioned earlier, I usually hit fades and I was hitting draws that whole week. On my 17th hole of the second day on the north course, I hit a cut into this 210-yard par three on 17. Like, the ball kind of went up. Instead of falling left, it fell right. And I turned around at JD, my caddy, and I was like, yes, this is it. We, it went, it went, went left to right. So... I vividly remember that shot. I feel like that was kind of the turning point in my week of, of kind of going from not hitting it so great to kind of getting back to where I was comfortable. Yeah, it's funny how just one shot can do it. It's, uh, it's Golf is such a goofy game. It's crazy. It's crazy. So um, there's there's always, you know, value to be taken from everything. So no doubt. Yeah, so, um, you know, I know it, it, we got a bunch of Twitter questions, and I kind of broke them up. So, you know, in regards to the mid-am, uh, deplorable McFiveson, who um, his family member faced you in the semis, he, he, wants to, he wants to know, you know, what you were thinking in that match. So you were three down after six to Mike McDermott. And, uh, you know, kind of what changed, what happened, what, you know, how did that momentum flip? Sure. Um, so Mike, for those that don't know Mike, he's a heck of a player. Um, I think he has the course record at, or the competitive course record at um, at Stonewall. Again, according to, to Mike Caddy, he spends a lot of time kind of in that area. But, I mean, I knew he, he's a tall guy. He hits it great. I think he played basketball in college. And then, or no, 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 excuse me, excuse me. He played basketball in high school, and then he picked up golf, and he was like a junior or senior. And, uh and I ended up going to a small school to play for them. But, you know, Mike's, Mike's really, really good. And I knew that that match was going to be tough. He knew the course. He was comfortable out there. He birdied the first two. And then I made a 
silly three putt on the third. I think I probably just got a little aggressive. But um, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I just match play is so momentum driven, and I knew that if I could grind it back and um, you know hit a couple good ones, you know maybe he made a bad swing and I was able to take advantage of it, or maybe I could hit a couple shots to 12, 15, 18 feet and make a putt or two. Um, I just kind of took it one shot at a time. I tried to focus on what I can control, but um, that was tough, um, no doubt, because he's he's as comfortable as anyone out there. And um, that was, I think, in the quarters. So I was I was definitely uh, I was kind of going up against a hometown hero. You know, there were probably 40 or 50 guys out there supporting him. So um, Mike's a great guy, and it was a ton of fun to go up against him. And um, even though I got the best to him, I'm sure it, I'm, I'm sure we'll go up against each other. You know at some point in the future but uh no he's a stud so that was i'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to walk away with the with the w there yeah i've heard from a buddy who used to play in the philly section that he's just unbelievable player he, i think he won their philly am this year um which is he did, he did. He, he, that's exactly right he did mm-hmm. um so uh what were some of your favorite holes out there? It, it's a for those of you guys that don't know Stonewall. It's a thirty-six hole Tom Doak facility. Um, really cool place, cool vibe, um, very cool club, um, and uh, you know, great piece of property. Well, I thought the flat five were pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, those things are hard. I, I mean, what you did in that last match was incredible. was a great hole you know where you come in three wood or hybrid and then it was a really tough narrow green um so like six kind of set up to my eye where um, there was a kind of a creek kind of running down the right side in the middle of it uh eight was a great hole water left uh junk right and then just a tough green tough kind of playing back into the wind um you know obviously i'm a huge fan of number nine um yeah. As we kind of go towards the back nine, I thought 15, even though it's only 100 and call it 75 yards, it's just so hard. Possibly awkward part three. It was so hard. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't. What, how do you even like that? That it's so hard to hit that green. So I I went back and I've only watched the telecast once, and to be totally honest, it was basically to make sure I didn't embarrass myself on national TV. <laughs> just to make sure like, I didn't do anything stupid. But I don't know if you can hear it in the podcast, but I remember the conversation with my caddy, and we're, we were kind of going back and forth between nine or 8-iron uh, and 7-iron, you know, because you basically had to land it at the front of the green and let it release. So call it, you had to land it at, like, 64, which is, like, four yards more than I had 8. And 7 goes 175. So J.D. and I are going back and forth, and we're like, well, we can't miss left, and you can't miss long. And you can't miss short. And you can't miss. So there's nowhere to miss. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's such a tough part three, but it's also so fair. Yep. And, you know, if, if you hit a good shot in there, it was great. Um, you know, the other tricky thing about that hole was that it was really hard to to feel the wind because of, it, it was, was. It's back in that little, in that little corner. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, I remember distinctly, like, having no clue what was going on with the wind when I was playing that hole. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's so awkward, but in such a fair way. Mm-hmm. 
It's um, um I think that fourth hole that you brought up has got to be one of the hardest par fours under 400 yards I've ever played. I mean, the tee shot is hard enough, and then that's not even a hard part of the hole. If you yeah. go long, you're looking at five at best or six. Yeah. It, if you're looking at an impossibly awkward putt, and if you miss right, it's just, it's just, it's just tough. Just, there's no way about it. It's just tough. I think that golf course in general is a perfect example. People always are like, it's got to be 7,000 yards. Like that course at 6,800 yards was like everything you can, you know, handle. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I didn't even mention, you know, 17 or 18. I think 18 was probably my favorite hole on that golf course. But um, it was just, it was a great mix of kind of mixing with the tees and you know, hitting drivers in three wood, and you know there are a couple three irons there. It's not like it forced you to hit three wood or driver anywhere. I saw plenty of guys on number three, the par five, you know, hit hybrid just because of how awkward it got. <laughs> you know, but it's also if you bust driver and bust three wood, you can get up there. But no, it was it's it's a really neat spot, and um, I really enjoyed being out there. I thought it was I, I enjoyed the uh, was it the new that the only played match play. Mm-hmm. Um, a little more um it just it fit my eye a little bit better but um just really just a unique you know kind of place yeah so um with that uh match with scott you know a quick question have you ever seen him hit a wedge not inside of 10 feet he's the best he's, he's the best amateur player under pressure i've ever seen he doesn't <laughs> he just when the chips are down and we and we've gone up each other a few times this summer we, we played each other and we played the final round at the Thomas together, and then we went to an aggregate playoff, and I ended up losing on this first sudden death playoff. We went to a 23-for-8 playoff at the U.S. Amateur this year, and not even wedge shots, just around the greens, bunker shots, chips. You know, I he's just he's so good under pressure with the, with the lob wedge in his hand, and I was going to, you know, get him. I was like, dude, I'll, I'll sacrifice three or four years of my youth to you to, to have your wedge game inside 85 yards it's it's it's, it's as good as some tour players mm-hmm. yeah it just seems like every time he's got a wedge in his hand it's like four or five feet away um so with the yeah, with with the final kind of five like you know what was going through your head it, you know you, you're hanging in there and you know he's just such a tough competitor did uh you know it, it just seemed like you just started to hit shots a lot really close yeah, well, I felt like I was hitting it pretty good all day. I, just, I couldn't get anything to fall. And what I kept telling myself really throughout the day was, you know, match play again. It's just so kind of momentum-driven. And if I can turn that four-down lead or four-down deficit, I guess, into a two-down deficit, being two-down is still brutal, but it's a heck of a lot better than being four-down. And that momentum, it scares you a little bit. And, you know, we, we've all played match play. We all know what it's like. And... Again, the difference between one down and three down is a lot. Um, so I just, you know, I figured if I could give myself a chance, I had a feeling all day that the match was going to go the distance, even though it didn't particularly look like it. Um, both my parents gave up on me not once but twice. They gave up to me. They gave up on me, you know, after twenty-seven, and then when I missed that putt on thirteen, they were like, "Yeah, he's done." So um, it was, as I said, I just, I really wanted to to leave everything I had out there. So I had a feeling it might go the distance. But again, if I could just scare him, I thought I had a chance. So kind of after I buried 
14 and 15, um, made a couple good putts. The hole just started getting a little bit bigger. And um, I, I guess you could just say I, I kind of got hot at the right moment. And um, when the chips were down and uh, the pressure kind of came up, I guess people talk about a zone. I don't know. The, the reality is that I really don't remember a whole lot of the last 45 minutes. I, I, I wish I could give you more. Yeah. Um, and for hitting a shot on 17, um, I swear, man, I, 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 I really don't remember a whole lot of it. I remember everything being very simple. Um, I remember JD would give me a yardage and I'd be like, okay, you know, how do you like that tree in the distance? And yeah, that looks good. Okay. Like everything became very, very easy, I guess you could say. I don't know. But, mm -hmm. um, it was, it was a crazy afternoon, and the only other thing I'll say about that is it's, it's probably the most memorable phone call I've ever made to my mom and dad afterwards. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, so I wish I could give you more, but I, I, I swear to you, I, I just don't really remember a whole lot of it. Yeah, it's I, I can imagine. I mean, it, it probably just feels like everything blends together, and I mean, so much... Uh, so much pressure and so much, you know, adrenaline that it probably, you know, it, it, it I couldn't even imagine. Um, so yeah, I just, I remember like one of the few things that I, that I do remember is I just really tried to work on my breathing. It's just, you know, be just try to slow down everything I did, but I don't know. It was, uh, it was crazy. So, yeah. So you, you win on the 37th hole with a birdie. And, you know, winning the U.S. Mid-Am gets you a bunch of exemptions into, you know, USGA events for years to come. But obviously, the big one of them all is, you know, the invitation to the Masters. So, like, how long did it take for it to, you know, set in where you, you know, before, it, you know, where, wow, I'm, I'm playing in the Masters? Um, after... After I made the putt and hugged Scott and my caddy and I had a bunch of friends kind of come down, um, there was a point where I kind of snapped out of it and I looked up the hill um, where a lot of the, the crowd were right before, um, you know, the little trophy presentation on the on the ninth green, and it kind of hit me that it was like, oh wow, like what what just happened? <laughs> um, what like, it, it was like I had woken up and. Um, it definitely, it definitely took some time to kind of later, you know, kind of figure it out. But, um, you know, I had a bunch of buddies that were kind of texting me like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Are you going out? Are you having fun? And I told all of them, I was like, no. The only thing I want to do, and I told them that the next day because I, that night was just, you know, talking to my family members. But um, I was just like, no, all I want to do is sit on a couch and, you know, just revel in what this this feels like and um it was i still pinch myself it's it's, it's, uh, it's a dream come true it's something that you know you think about as a kid and um it's it's pretty special mm -hmm. um so have you gotten the invitation yet for uh, augusta and the masters um yeah i i, I haven't received any I've been told it's, it comes around Christmas, but um, basically, I, I talked to a few, you know, of the members and, uh, and and committee guys down down at Augusta, and 
basically what they sent me a couple of weeks after the mid-am was an invitation to receive the invitation um just in terms of dates and stuff to look out for but um I've, I've spoken to a few of those guys and uh you know i you know i'm as i said i'm, I'm looking forward to uh april so we're we're in the clear and i didn't put my foot in my mouth too much so so Silverstein told me that uh, you got to play Augusta when you were at USC. So uh, you know you've seen the course before. Is that the only time you've played it? And what do you what do you think about the golf course and how it fits your game? So you'll you'll like this. Um, I don't think I've told you this before, but the first time I actually played Augusta, um, my senior year, our athletic director Pat Hayden took us down there, and the first time I actually played Augusta was with another senior on the team, our assistant coach at the time, and a guy who gets to play Augusta every year is a marker, Jeff Knox. Um, that was pretty cool. And it's 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 by far the most nervous I've ever been over first tee shot. <laughs> um, the guys in the clubhouse kind of came out and they watched us, and it's just... It's... it's um, I think the walk, or what I remember is the walk from two up to your tee shot, and you kind of go around the corner, and the golf course kind of opens up. To me, that's what I imagine for an avid golfer and someone that plays competitively. That's what I imagine heaven looking like. Yeah. Um, it's. I don't know what I, I kind of can and can't say, but it's. I. Again, like I said, I. I I pinch myself every every time I, I think about the opportunity to go down there. And um, as far as the way it sets up, I like to hit fades. Um, you know, it's, it's going to come out, or people have made big deals out of how the golf course allegedly favors guy who moved the ball from right to left. I mean, I agree with it in practicality, and you know, the way that the golf course kind of sets up. But last I checked, there's a guy who won there six times that pretty exclusively hit all right yeah um so yeah look i i've got a little bit of speed i'd like to put on a few more pounds and a few more yards because i think it'll turn some spots where having eight iron instead of seven iron into your hand you know it lands a little softer it'll allow you to go after a couple more pins but um when i played the golf course i, I understand it's, it's probably very different than the golf course that i'll see in april but um you know fairways are good size and I feel like I'm a pretty decent iron player so I'm not going to change a whole lot as it kind of goes forward if I have to lay up on 13 well then I have to lay up on 13 mm-hmm. or you know if I can't get to 2 well then I guess I'll just lay up to a good wedge yardage if you give yourself 18, 15 footers for birdie you know it's, in theory you should you should play alright yeah yeah I think it's it's a it's an interesting golf course. I think it's a, such a great tournament golf course because, you know, it's tremendously fair in the sense of it's got a lot of width off the tee, and, uh, you know, you can play any shot off the tee. And the thing it does that, you know, I think it does better than almost any other uh, tournament golf course is the shot is out in front of you, and it says, you know, hit this shot. And if you pull it off, you receive the greatest reward. You can make eagles. You know, you um, can just really score. But if you don't, you're, it, it just kills you. If you if if you try and pull that shot off and you you miss it, you know you're gonna make a double. Yeah, 
no, there's definitely a lot of lot of focus and commitment, you know, that's required on on a lot of those shots. And I'm I'm sure, like, you know, anyone listening to this, I'm my birthday is April 10th, so it's always right around Augusta. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do during that week is nothing but sit on the couch and watch, you know, old friends try and compete. So I'm excited to kind of see, you know, after all those times where I've been an armchair quarterback, so to speak, you know, how, how we can kind of go and, and deliver and um, focus over some of those shots. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, it's easy for me to sit here now and say it, but, um, you know, I'm sure that uh, when I play 12 in the event, it'll be it'll be a little different than me sitting there and saying, oh, it's just a smooth eight iron to the middle of the green. So, <laughs> yeah. I bet it's a lot like what we were talking about with uh, 15 at Stonewall, where it's just very, very, very hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you sit there and you're like, oh, it's just an eight iron to the front of the green. It's like, well, you know, throw a decent-sized crowd behind you that's, that's judging every move you make and, and then can talk. So I'm sure the wind is swirling in six different I don't know. I'm just, I guess that small targets, focus on what you can control, try and give yourself a bunch of 15, 18-footers. Yeah. We got a bunch of um, Twitter questions around the Masters, so we'll just kind of go through some of these quick here. Um, Andy Roderick wants to know, what does your uh, Masters prep look like? I know you've hit on kind of putting on some pounds and getting some more speed in the swing. What else are you planning to really work on? Um, well, it's no secret that lag putting is, is at an absolute premium out there, so a lot of speed work um, and not just you know like your 10, 15, 20 footers it's I, I tend to putt a, a little bit from around the greens you know if I'm like just off so um, it'll be a lot of longer ones you know 40, 45, 50 footers that I'd really like to kind of get some good work in you know judging lies around the green and stuff like that um, there's going to be times where I have to you know probably pitch out or play safe or not hit my best shot or maybe on a part par five, you know, way up. So I really want to get my wedge game sharp, you know, controlling the spin, controlling the trajectory, getting specific yardages, knowing the difference between what 83 and 85 yards feels like. I know that sounds awfully specific, but that's the level that these guys are, you know. One of the reasons that Dustin Johnson's had such a great year is because he would go out, he would tell himself to hit wedges certain yardages, and he would look on TrackMan, which is exact as it gets, and you know he would kind of figure out what those things felt like. And those are the kind of things that guys, both on tour and at the amateur and college level, have become so elite at. And if I can kind of lock in on some of those numbers and play to my strengths, I'm not going to try and figure out how to hit a control draw on 13 because there's just no point, you know. Mm-hmm. Does it, does it help? Could it give me an extra 10 or 15 yards? Yeah, sure. But how many times can you hit that shot under pressure versus getting a 5 or a 4 iron in versus like a 6 or a 7 iron? It's just the risk reward doesn't make a ton of sense. So I'm going to try and really focus on the strengths that I already have, improving the things that need improvement that are really just works, such as wedges and speed. And then beyond that, um, one of the things that I haven't really touched on is 
Um, Freddie Couples lives in Southern California. You know, when Phil gets healthy, he lives in Southern California. Bo Hoffler, who was a Walker Cup a couple of years ago. Max Homa, you know, Cantlay. There's guys who are in the area that I can surround myself with and begin to feel comfortable with them and have the opportunity to kind of pick their brain of what's important. Those types of things are absolutely invaluable. And I'm convinced that being comfortable around those guys is going to play a huge part in allowing yourself to move beyond what the situation is and to focus on what you can control and really give you the opportunity to really lock in on yourself and, and to play the best golf that you can. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think uh, comfort level in golf is so important because it, you know, it has such an impact on, you know, how you're thinking, how you're feeling, you know, how you're swinging. And that I think that's a great, you know, call just, you know, surrounding yourself, playing a lot of rounds with, with the world-class players so that you, you know, you feel like you belong and, and you're not, there's no wow, you know, uh, shock factor. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, you know, I'm, I'm as good as Phil because it's just not true. He's got a trophy case to prove it and a couple sport coats to prove it. So, thought, but am I capable of going out and competing with those guys for four days if I'm sharp? I mean, I feel like I can. You know, everyone's, everyone has stretches where they, where they play great. And like I said, I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend I'm as good as tour players because I'm not. Like, the stats say it's true. You can look at my world ranking and it's just not true. But, you know, as I mentioned before, the golf ball doesn't know who you are. And if you give yourself the opportunity to put yourself out there and, and to play great and to prepare the way that you feel comfortable doing, maybe, you know, on Thursday on the range and you're hitting balls next to, a, you know, a Jason Day or a Rory or Big Cat or Tiger, you know, someone that everyone my generation has looked up to since the time they first started playing. Um, you know, if you feel comfortable in that situation and you can focus on your routine, that's what I really think will give you the best opportunity to play great. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so uh, Ed Lore Tracker, the you know, wants to know yep. if you're going to be doing a GoFundMe campaign Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one backfired on Sammy. Yeah. I, uh, no, I, I won't be doing that. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I love, I'll, I'll throw my dad under the bus on this one. I love my dad. My dad's going to be on the bag for me for the part three contest. Uh-huh. This is the only time in 25 years that I've ever held a trump card over him. Um, I, short answer is no. <laughs> so your dad's doing the par three. Um, who, you know, Powell Arms is wondering what time he shows up to caddy. And um, I think, fi- you know, if, if you're not going with Powell, who will be on the bag? I'm going to use um, my caddy, John Doherty, who I've used a good bit in the, uh, in the metropolitan area over the course of the last couple of years. Um, he's caddied in 59 USGA events and, um, you know, it's obviously a dream of mine to be able to go down there um, and, and to play. But you know, as a longtime guy who's, who's a pretty seasoned, you know, caddy, you know, it's also a dream of his. And um, I think it'll be really neat to kind of share the experience with him to go down there and, and see if we can, you know, kind of do the best we can. And um, there's there's 
um, yeah, I think it, having familiarity with your game and everything is huge too. Um, so, you know, how, uh, how many, you know, you get to play down there as much, you know, as, as you can, how many trips do you plan on making or, or hoping to make in the next few months? Well, I'm going to, you know, I've got two on the books right now. We have a good family friend who, who's, who's down there. So, um, that'll be one, but you know, I'm, I'm going to try and get down there as much as I can without, uh, without stepping on anyone's toes. I did a very sacred place and I absolutely respect, um, and, and, um, I respect the rules. So, you know, the last thing I would ever want to do is, is overstay my welcome, which I don't plan on doing, but I'm going to try and get down there a little bit. And, you know, like I said, you know, we've all, we've all sat on the couch and, and watched all, you know, 22 hours of pre, you know, current and post masters coverage. So going down there, essentially being in a museum of something that we've all idolized for so long, you know, I'd like to kind of get over the, the hump of, you know, this is where Phil hit that shot on 13, and that's where Tiger chips down on 60, and that's where Bubba hit the, you know, wedge shot on 10, and, you know, um, I'd like to go down there and focus on the golf course, and um, as I said, you know, uh, focus on where I want to hit it on my game and what it takes to play great, but I'll, I'm sure I'll get down there a little bit, you know, here in the spring as it, as it kind of gets closer to the event. Mm-hmm. So um, last week you were in, uh, you were at the Walker Cup practices, and um, would love to talk a little bit about that. So the Walker Cup is uh, in 2017, and it's at uh, the course you grew up playing, uh, LA Country Club. Um, so you know, where does kind of the Walker Cup rank on like bucket list things to do? Say if you get the nod. Uh, and get one of the spots on the ten-person team. Sure. Um, well, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, you got to earn your way on. So to even be considered and to be in the discussion is a is a very very high honor, a dream in and of itself. But I would rank it. I mean, is it possible to have two one A's in yeah. terms of? Well, I mean, it'd be Augusta and, and, and you know, and, and having the opportunity to represent your country for the Walker Cup. Um, so I, I've had two goals for the last year, and I'll continue to have two goals for the next nine months. And we've just we've just talked about it. Um, it's to go down to Augusta and to, and to play great and to do the best I can and to, to do everything I can, you know, from on and off the course to try and have the opportunity to earn my way out of that team to, to represent the United States and um, to represent, you know, the USGA and to uh, to try and bring back the Walker Cup to where it belongs. Um, yeah, I, they got kind of drubbed the last, uh, we got drubbed the last time out, so hopefully we can uh, bring the cup back here. Um, with with an in, up, up close, uh, in-person, you know, look at all these college kids i mean it seems like every year they're just getting better and better what were some guys who were some guys that just you know really impressed you um that were invited to the practice yeah um i think you just hit the nail on the head they're all so incredibly talented and it's it's very humbling 
and, and very eye-opening to see their games up close. And the fact that they constantly remind me that this is off-season is even more scary. Um, they're just, they're all super talented. I mean, I could, I could go and talk to all of them or talk about each and every one of them, but I mean, Matt and John, John Hood are so efficient around the greens. Like how well Sean and Jimmy Stanger and Gavin all drive it. I mean, how look, how look just elite, you know, wedge players, Doug Kim and, and Dylan Meyer are, Zalatoris and Dalkey, how well they hit it, how the way that, you know, like Colin and Hardy can have the feel of a, of a tour player and the way they compose and conduct themselves. I mean, you can just go, go on and on. You know about all these guys. And I won't. I won't touch on all of them, but I have the opportunity to play with with all of them, and it's just so impressive. And more than any of that, they're just great kids. I mean, they're they're so much fun to be around. They're great guys. It's a, it's a great group. Um, and a lot of a lot of personalities from around the country, and you know, we have guys from Texas and Chicago and you know, Florida, and Northern California. It's just it's a really special cool group and the way that, that, that Mav and, and Scott you know and talk about the event and the level of respect they have for it and so the past Walker Cuppers kind of coming out to support it's just it's a really special thing and you can feel and, and really get a sense of just how amazing you know the opportunity to, to try and, and earn your way onto that team really is so you know hopefully I, I did okay out there and um Obviously, it's, it's, you know, I, there's a lot of time between now and when the selection is made. But as I mentioned, you know, I, uh, I'm going to do everything in my power that I can to have the opportunity to represent the club and the other players in the USGA and, you know, can ultimately the United States. So it's, um, yeah, it makes me, it makes me kind of step back. It's, it's a, it's a special thing. And, and I, I have nothing but respect for, for anyone that's ever represented the U.S. on one of those teams. So we uh, we got a request from uh, one of your uh, fellow Walker Cup hopefuls. Um, Dylan Meyer wants us to uh, have you do your two hours later and rock bottom impersonations from SpongeBob. Two hours later. <laughs> Rock bottom. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan and I figured out within about a matter of 15 minutes that we had the exact same sense of humor. And um, we played alternate shot together. <laughs> I think the entire time, besides just making fun of each other, you know, we would just sit there and be, you know, two hours later. It's, uh, he seems like a great kid. That that video uh, is great. I'll, oh, look what you got on. 
Oh, look what you got on underneath your jacket. More jeans. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you get you. You might have a a future in uh, like that uh, Frank Caliendo guy and some with some impersonations. I will never touch Frank. I could watch those videos time and time again. That guy is such a talent. It's unbelievable. No, we just have fun with it. It's uh, everyone has little inside jokes. And that's anyways. We we had a kick out of it. It was it was cool. Uh huh. Yeah, I'll I'll put a video of the the Gordo video in there for everybody in the in the podcast link so anybody that hasn't seen it can see it it's uh it's pretty funny um and pretty sportsmanship yeah sportsmanship is is the key theme (laughs) so so if you were gonna bet the house on on one of the guys from uh the practices winning a major who would it be you know, you you only get to pick one guy, and you know to win a major. Who is it? Mm. I don't know, man. I'm gonna give you such a non-answer with this one. I, I mean, I mean, obviously, Mavs. You know, number one world ranking is 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 obviously pretty strong, but. I mean, I just, like, I look back to playing with each one of those guys, and all of them just bring something different to it. And, uh, like I said, if, if that's them in offseason when they're, quote-unquote, not sharp, oh, boy, we're in a world of hurt, you know, as, as we look forward to the summer. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, now, I guess, just based off his ranking, I, I, I honestly can't even answer that because I, I still follow him in college and I mean any given week one of those guys shoot, they're all so good you know we've we've kind of talked about it before and I follow some of the stuff that you and the guys over at No Lang up do and I mean it's it's amazing how guys can break onto the scene and, and get confidence in themselves and start playing great so um, I mean I can tell you if not Scott or I because we're from mid and we're pretty comfortable where we're at but uh all those guys are so talented, and it'll be super fun just to kind of watch their progression as they get older. Mm-hmm. So, um, wanted to talk a little bit about golf courses, um, and want to be mindful of your time here. So, um, you know, obviously LACC's got a new course. Um, not a lot of people have seen it. I think it's only open to member play now. Tell the uh, audience a little bit about that South Course. How do you like it? Oh, it's awesome. I've only played it a couple times, but um, a piece of land that's on between Wilshire and Santa Monica Boulevard is it's pretty spectacular. Gil uh, Hans kind of went in and, and, and changed around a few things and you know made some, some different adjustments to certain holes and the layout. He took out a ton of trees. It, it has a really similar feel to the North Course, but it's much more um, kind of adjusted towards member play. It's just really fun, and it's got some great vistas, you know, of that kind of Wilshire-Santa Monica corridor. Um, the greens aren't nearly as severe as the north. It doesn't have near the length of the north, but, I mean, if I had a chance, you know, to play all the courses in L.A. and I could sneak out there, anyone I've ever taken out to go check it out, I mean, I took Scott out there, you know, um, from 
before the practice session started. He loved it. I mean, he kind of said to me, he's like, why you, would you ever leave? This is, this is amazing. So, um, I've got nothing but, but great reviews on the South and, um, I think it's a, a really sneaky, really solid course. Um, so having now lived in, uh, New York, and you know you also have lived in LA. Those are two of the greatest, you know, golf cities in America. Um, what do you think is the best city of of golf? It's not even close. It's, are we including Long Island? I always say our our within Metro Center. So if we if we throw it within an hour and a half, it's not even close. Within within an hour, I still think it's really hard to beat New York. Yeah, I think it, now. Now that, now, now that being said, um, Chicago is is a very close second. Um, I would say Atlanta's got some good ones. I'd have to think about this, but um, I, I think Philly. Philadelphia is yeah. in the discussion for sure. Boston's in the discussion for sure. Um, there's a lot of ones in Boston you don't really think about, to be honest, but I, I think it's New York, and I, I don't really even think it's negotiable. Yeah, uh, I, it's if you if you include all of Long Island, it's it's a it's game over. Um, yeah, I think if it's uh, if it's an hour, there there can be discussion, but you know that that Long Island uh, list is 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 unbelievable. Um, so, what are I'll your? Throw you, I'll, throw you, I'll throw you a sneaky one. Um, that you don't think of, of of the world if you take out you know Great Britain and Ireland. Obviously, there's so many that are so close over there. But I would throw Sydney or Melbourne in there. Oh yeah, you get the sand belt courses. Yeah, it's yeah. A, you got Melbourne, that Kingston Heath place uh, that had the World Cup looks absolutely spectacular. Yeah, I just go over there, and I mean, I just. I've never heard anything but just overwhelmingly raving reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of uh, one of my uh, one of our subscribers to the newsletter wrote up. He went on an eight day trip there. I think he played ten courses. He did a big write up that we're going to put up later this week on uh, on just his experience and the pictures he shared just look so spectacular. It's, it's definitely high on my uh, bucket list. Have you been over there? I haven't. Um... I'm a big surfer. I'd love to stop in Fiji and, and, and check out, you know, some of the breaks that are going over there. But um, I can pretty confidently tell you it's not going to happen in the next nine months. But as yeah. I look forward, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to, you know, make that a reality. That'd be really cool. Well, the beauty of Australia is it's summer when it's winter here. So you know, maybe, uh, maybe next year this time would be a good, good time to go. Absolutely. We'll uh, see if we can. If we get something on the bus, it'd be, yeah. it'd be a kick to go down there and check it out. But uh, that'd be a blast. Yeah. So um, let's just do some real quick rapid fire, and then uh, and then I'll let you go. I, you know, you've been been on for an hour now, so we'll we'll do some rapid fire questions and uh, and get you out of here. Um, so, who is uh, your favorite player on tour to watch? Tiger when he's playing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, the whole golf world when he was down at Albany, 
I was involved in four or five different group texts of, you know, what was going on. I mean, everyone was watching. If, if you were working that Thursday and Friday, you're lying to yourself because you were, if you're an avid golf fan, we all know you were streaming it at the office on some kind of device. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, I have always really enjoyed watching, watching Adam Scott. Um, I love his demeanor out there. I love the way he hits it. Obviously love his swing. Um, you know, if you want to include buddies, I always love to watch, you know, kind of Jordan and, and Justin and some of, you know, kind of watch Smiley, but I'll tell you, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch guys who I kind of grew up with as they're making their way kind of through the tours, you know, whether it's mini tours of the web when they receive sponsors exemptions to kind of see how they do out there um, and fair against the big guys and how they handle themselves. And it was really cool to watch like Michael Johnson last year and, you know, how well he played, um, you know, I think he took like T3 or T4 and, but, but, you know, events like that, or like a Bobby Wyatt, he made some noise at some point. But as far as favorite players go, I'm always going to be a Tiger guy. But um, I, I love Adam Scott's game. He's, he's fun to watch. Yeah, it's uh, Scott is, I mean, man, if that guy made a couple more putts, he'd have so many wins. Um, it's crazy. Look at his finish in, in Florida earlier this year when he was on it. You know, I mean, the guy's a stud. He's a total stud. Yeah. It's um, so you've been uh, been a mid amp for a year. Uh, what's your favorite mid amp tournament outside the U.S. mid amp? Sure, yeah, you uh, you beat me to that one. Um, I, I had the chance to play in the George Thomas earlier this year at LA Country Club and, and play with a few of the guys, uh, Chris Mickelson, Mike McCoy, Harvey, and just the, the camaraderie of the whole you know, I guess you could say tour scene is, is really special, and it's a lot of guys that have kind of growing up looking up to and it's a really unique opportunity to uh to kind of get to know some of those guys and pick their brains and how they really balance you know playing at a high amateur level but also you know their their time professionally and it's a really kind of unique you know tour and i just feel just feel very very you know blessed and, and kind of honored to to be you know a younger guy on that scene and, and to try and live up to the Standards that they've set before me. Yeah, forget the fact that they're all just great guys too. I mean, it's just, they're just fun to be around. Yeah, it's it's good good time. Mid Am golf is uh, it's fun. It's I think the vibe of uh, a Mid Am tournament is as good as it gets. You know, everybody wa- everybody wants to play well. Everybody's really competitive, but after the round, everybody's laid back. You know, just there to have a good time and hang out. Oh no doubt. I mean, I I swear having having a beer or two, you know, with some of the guys, you know, after it's all said and done, with the sun goes down, just the stories that kind of come out, and you know, hearing about them and their families or where they're from and talking about golf, it's uh, it's just, it's a great group. It's super fun. So outside of uh, of Harvey, who we've talked about, um, which uh, which mid am has the most game? Like who who kind of was like. You you may may have heard of him, but you're like, wow, this guy can really play. Um, I'm gonna give you a few guys. Um, your boy, or you know, our good friend Todd Mitchell carries himself like a, a tour player, and he's just just a great athlete. And I think as I get older, from a physical standpoint, I'd love to you know kind of be as as, as physically intact as, as he is. He hits but his driver so well. What's up? 
He hits a driver so well. He just looks like a tour pro. <laughs> you know, him and him and Brad Wilder, like you look at those guys on the range and you're just like, you definitely play to cash checks. Um, so those two guys for sure. Um, I'll put Mike McCoy's short game up against the majority of the PGA Tour. It fascinates me how well he he ships and his bunker play and how well he pitches it. Um, I mean, Mike, I have so much respect for Mike. I mean, he, he missed playing. He, he was in a playoff to go to the U.S. Open this year for an alternate shot, which ended up getting in. But, I mean, he played in, in the Senior Open this year, but he, he nearly played in the U.S. Open. It's just, it's so much game, and um, it's just it's super fun to watch. Um, a guy that I've gotten pretty close to on the East Coast, um, being being back there in the city, is, is is an old is an older guy named George Zaringer, and George works so hard on this game. Um, he is he has a great just great tempo, uh, great rhythm. He's a great putter, but I've always kind of asked him, like George, how how were you competitive for so long? And he is response to that missing beat was like he did it up and down from the garbage can um, he just chips and pitches it so well and whenever I see him I always try and kind of pick his brain you know about different shots around the greens and um, it's, just, it's just fun to be around and, and to see how some of these guys get it in the hole and um, i trying to think uh, Gene Elliott uses a long putter and I use a long putter so I you know like the, I mean Gene's just best in every way he's like just so much fun to be around but yeah, it's it, it's a great group, but um, I would definitely those are kind of the first guys that come to mind, and, and some of the some of the the ways that um, their games um, are kind of geared towards for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like Mike McCoy would be just the worst guy to see in match play. Just be like, oh god, just grind uh, it, grind I, it I, out. He, he, we we played together at the Thomas, and I'll never forget there was. Besides the fact he put every bunker shot to like a foot, and I was just like, "Wow, it's amazing!" But um, he was behind the green on one. I don't know if you ever played LA to a back left pin. I mean, the shot's impossible. You need to just kind of have the ball sight at the base and pick up as much spin as you can. And he had this little chip shot where he just took the legs from under the ball, and this thing bounced once and stopped on a dime, and then it rolled the next six feet. Like it literally stopped. The ball stopped. But because the slope was so severe, it rolled another six feet to a foot. And I just kind of shook my head and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's. I don't have that shot. That's so impressive. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a guy I played with at the mid am. He was, he was hitting it everywhere. And like we get off, it, and he, was, he hit some of the like, probably like four or five of the most incredible flop shots I've ever seen. Like, who was it? Um, Darren Overson, who's from Utah, um, and he—you could tell he was fighting a swing, but like he put—he didn't—he didn't make match play, but like you know, if I—if you put me where his ball was, I would have probably shot ninety ball days. And he, this guy just was getting up and down from everywhere. Um, I mean, it's—it's it's incredible how some of these guys get it done, and it—it just his short game saves you so many shots. You know, you can hit it. Oh, it's You can hit it pretty much everywhere. Um, so, if you had to play one course every day for the rest of your life, what course would it be? Mm, I guess it's tough to beat. Um, 
Cyprus is really fun. Uh, I, I love going out there. What a neat spot. Uh, I'll tell you, National Golf Links out uh, on Long Island has got such a unique, kind of cool vibe to it. Um, it's just, it's really fun. It's a great match play course, also a great stroke play course. You know, you got to go out and post a number. The, the vistas and the finishing holes are, are absolutely amazing. You know, having a having a south side on the porch as as anyone that's, that's ever been out there, you know, has, has done. I mean, as the sun goes down over there, you know, kind of over the sound, you got to take a step back and just realize how how lucky you are to, to be there. Um, but one that one that I guess is kind of off the beaten path that I'll throw you is um, this place up in Montana called Rock Creek. Um, it's it's a really really neat spot and. It's just a really fun golf course. It's not super demanding off the tee, but I'm sure you can make a bunch of birdies. Um, but it also has plenty of teeth and plenty of length. There's a ton of tee boxes you can play for or play from. Just a really, just a fun golf course and uh, a really great kind of finishing stretch. That's a that's a good uh, little sleeper there. Um, national yeah. National Golf Links is like number one on my bucket list. I'm a huge Seth Rayner, CB McDonald fan, so it's kind of like the mecca. It's, it's um, it's a special place, and I've had the opportunity to play out there a couple times. And it's just when you get there, and you will, it's just a just a really neat, cool golf course. Just a special place. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think, uh, you know, I, I want to get you out of here. Um, we've been talking for an hour 15. I really appreciate um, the time, and uh, we'll look forward to um, kind of tracking your progress as we get closer to the Masters. Um, and thanks so much for coming on. Um, anybody that doesn't follow uh, Stuart um, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, give it a follow. I know, I know we'll probably be seeing something from you when you get your uh, get the best Christmas gift you're going to get this year <laughs> yeah I love my mom and dad but uh, that one's awfully tough to beat <laughs> so uh, uh, thank, thanks so much for coming on I uh, really appreciate the time oh well thank you very much for having me and um, you know I, I look forward to seeing you down the road and um, can't wait to uh, follow some of your content as it goes on so thank you very very much Hey, have a good one, and uh, have a great holiday season. Same to you, bud. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Later.